When planning the road to success, there are a few steps to keep in mind. Identifying and solving the cause, facing and embracing change, goal setting, and being accountable. We'll talk about this today on Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. New and healthier habits lead to prosperity in all areas of your life and business. Now, here's your host, Chris Salem. Well, welcome. Welcome to Sustainable Success. If you're just new to our show, uh, welcome. And uh, if you are interested in finding out some more information about the Sustainable Success radio show, you could uh, not only check us out at the Voice America Influencers channel, but also on Facebook at Sustainable Success 2017. There you're going to find many of our great guests that have shared their words of wisdom on past on-demand episodes. So again, you can listen to any show or any guest that uh, resonates with you by uh, visiting our Facebook page at Sustainable Success 2017. And again, feel free to leave your name and comment as we would love to hear your feedback. And again, anything that we can do to help you, we are here to do that for you. So again, um, we're hoping that you're having a great week, the prosperous way. We have a great show lined up today, but we do want to cover some information with our sponsors today. Uh, first off, if you're going to be in the Miami, Florida area or Fort Lauderdale, there's the Entrepreneurs Living the Dream on May 17th and the 18th. That is in Sunrise, Florida. Again, we highly encourage you if you are an entrepreneur, a speaker, an author, a coach, small business owner, this is the place to be. Patricia Rogers, who runs the Entrepreneurs Living the Dream, is a fantastic connector. She's a people person. It's all about people. And uh, here at Sustainable Success, we highly encourage you to attend that event. If you'd like more information about attending, just go to Eventbrite and type in Entrepreneurs Living the Dream. You'll find out information about the event itself and more details about how to attend and the different options that are available. Also, our sponsor is EFA Movement for Empowered Fathers in Action. They are a 501c3 organization dedicated to strengthening the father-son bonding process. But also what they do is they help to create interdependent families through communication and behavioral modification programs. Interdependent families lead to interdependent communities that lend itself to interdependent business. They are doing some great things. Check out what this organization is doing. It's efamovement.org. That's efamovement.org. And we encourage you to check them out uh, today. Today we're going to be talking about the art of ghostwriting. So this is something that definitely uh, is a topic that I think feel that if you are an entrepreneur, you're a speaker, an author, uh, any of the any of the above, this is something that you may want to look into because a lot of times as entrepreneurs, we're very busy and we got a lot going on. And, and if we're not writers, but we have a great message and a lot of things to say and we really want to develop ourselves as an influencer in our business, then it's great to kind of seek out services through a ghostwriter, someone that can capture your voice and your message and be able to articulate that in a way that connects with your audience. And we're going to be learning a lot of information today. So before we bring on our guest, I do want to give a bio about him. His name is Richard Lowe, uh, Jr. And Richard is a professional ghostwriter and author. His passion is to help businesses write books that showcase their expertise, build credibility, and tell their story. Richard has written and published 63 books on a variety of subjects, including two Kindle bestsellers, ghostwritten 20 books, and authored over 
thousand articles for blogs and social media. Before his writing career, he was the director of computer operations for Trader Joe's company, and before that, the VIP of consulting for two computer firms. His works include Focus on LinkedIn, an Amazon bestseller, Cyber Heist for No B4, and Digitize or Die as a copy editor. Without further ado, we'd like to welcome Richard Lowe to the show. Richard, how are you doing today? Doing fantastic today, and I'm happy to be here. Thank you. Well, great, Richard. It's a pleasure to have you. And uh, so we wanted to, uh, you know, you know, get a little bit more insight. You know, a lot of times, you know, the people here at, uh, you know, Sustainable Success, these are going to be, you know, entrepreneurs. These are, you know, some business leaders, sales professionals, small business owners, speakers, authors, sometimes all of the above, so to speak. And many times they're looking at our show to gain insight as to different things that can really up their game in terms of you know, taking their business to the next level, finding a certain balance between you know their work and, and personal life. And you know, ghostwriting is something that's really been up and coming lately because nowadays with the emergence of some, you know, where anybody can put out a book, you know, and everyone has a message. Wanted to kind of just first off talk about what is ghostwriting in itself for those that may, you know, may understand it somewhat, but may not understand it. Um, okay. Well, ghostwriting is writing a book for somebody else. And it could be a book, it could be a, a blog, it could be anything. I focus on books mostly. So, for example, a client will come to me, uh, a client recently came to me and wanted to write an artificial intelligence book about how artificial intelligence impacts society because he wanted to establish himself in that area as a, as a leader. So we wrote the book together. Um, sometimes these ghostwriting projects become writing it together, kind of a, uh, where he's the knowledge expert and I'm the writer. And yep. it's going through traditional publishing now and will be published uh, traditionally, which means it'll be in bookstores and libraries. And I did another one that was one of my favorite books. It was about the Internet of Things. It was by a Fortune 50 company uh, vice president who wanted to be of the company. And apparently that's really hard in a Fortune 50 company. So he wanted to be more than just noticed. He wanted to get a lot of notice. He wanted speaking engagements and things like that. So we worked on the book. And once it was published, or just before it was published, he gave the CEO a copy, and the CEO wound up writing the forward. So he achieved his goal there. And then it's now a textbook in, in uh, schools in that country. And he gets speaking engagements, and he's the keynote speaker and a lot of things. That's what the book is primarily for. It's to make you noticed. It's to get you out there and you become the expert because people look up to authors. So you get noticed by your audience, by the press, by uh, speaking groups, by um, just any, any number of different things that you want to do. And it establishes you. Here's my story. Here's what I want you to know about me and how can I help you and so forth. If that makes any sense. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, you know, when you, when you look at ghostwriting, can you talk a little bit about, like, how long has ghostwriting been around in terms of, you know, a lot of times, we, you know, when you look at some of these, uh, you know, high-level people, perhaps probably they use ghostwriters. But, you know, talk a little bit about, you know, is this something that's been common that's been around for quite some time? Well, if you actually think back, uh, ancient authors didn't used to write themselves. They used scribes in Egypt to write for them. So they would, they would talk to the scribe, and the scribe would write down the information on tablets or papyrus or whatever it was. 
And as you move forward, the same thing is true. Uh, you know, Caesar probably didn't actually physically handwrite his books. He probably told somebody and somebody else wrote it for him. I don't know that for sure. He may have written them, um, but yeah, no, I, I agree. Common. I mean, isn't there? I believe there's a uh, the the Bud Light commercials. I see them quite a, a time to time when I'm watching, you know, sports on TV, and you'll see that the Bud Light and it and it has a a commercial where the the king is scribing to the the per, or to the scribe to write down certain things about the ingredients in the beer. So you and this goes back to you know medieval times. So I I totally can relate to right. that. Yeah, it makes sense. Right. Totally it, makes sense. Right. And a ghostwriter, when you think about it, a ghostwriter is a writer. And a ghostwriter has writing skills. Whereas a president of a company or, or an artificial intelligence guy or whatever doesn't have writing skills. Think of it as um, a contractor. Um, I, I want to build a house, so I hire a contractor, builder, contractor to build it for me. It's exactly the same thing. You're hiring a uh, work-to-hire contractor. It's the person who is the, the client's ideas. So all a ghostwriter really does is convert those ideas into something that other people can read. So there's, there's nothing, there's no problem with it. And it goes back quite a bit. You, a lot of books that you read are ghostwritten. Virtually every single celebrity book, books by politicians are ghostwritten. Books by uh, just about any businessman is ghostwritten. They don't have the time. They don't have the effort. They're not trained in writing. Why would they do it themselves unless they have a, some kind of passion for writing? They hire somebody to do it for them. It's, a, it's just an expense. They can write it off. They get it done, and they get a really good book out of it, assuming they hire the right ghostwriter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, that makes sense. And, 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 and it's, it's so funny because, I write, I mean, you know, it's, this goes back su- such, so, so long ago. I mean, back thousands and thousands of years. I mean, even probably before the time of Christ. And, you know, when you talk about, I mean, if somebody were, like, looking at, Ghostwriters. I mean, when we're looking at why would would someone hire a ghostwriter? What would be the primary reason they would hire a ghostwriter? Because they want to raise themselves over their competition. So everybody has competition in their field. Who is a owns a small company? Uh, I actually I did a ghostwriting a ghostwritten book for a cleaning company. It was a franchise, and he wanted to raise himself over the competition. There's lots of cleaning companies in this town, so he had me write a book for him about how to clean, what cleaning means, how to, why, why your business needs to be clean, what happens when it's not clean, how it chases away customers, and so forth. And now he uses that to show his customers. Um, he's also opening additional franchises in other cities. It as a, his statement of what he does, and it raises him head and shoulders above all the other people in the area. He's written a book. He's the author. He, he has the credibility now. It basically gives you credibility. It gives you, you're the expert. You're the person who knows it enough to have written a book. The other guys didn't. They didn't write a book, so they must know less. It's kind of a, an assumption that people made. If you wrote a book, you're the expert. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, and like, you know, this is, could be something, a lot of times when people think about a, a ghostwriter, they may say, well, that's probably for people that are, you know, very well-known or well-off, and they have, you know, so-called the means to do that. Can you say that this could be for, you know, any person, any, you know, person that has a message that, but for some reason just doesn't have the time or doesn't consider themselves to be a writer, but just really has a heartfelt message or something that they feel that could really benefit yeah. their, their audience in terms of, of the content? Well, I'll tell you about some of my clients just vaguely, because of course, you know, they're in a non-disclosure, but one lady, sure. 
came to me and she wanted to write a book of her dreams. She's had dreams for all these years. So it was a retirement present to herself. Uh, another person, the Internet of Things book I told you about, I, I, um, the AI book, these were all to establish themselves. These people weren't rich. They, they're, not, they're not rich. Um, they're, I do payment plans for people to make it easier for them. So as I write it, they pay. There's a down payment, and then they pay as they, as they, as they go. And that makes it really easy. Um, now, you're thinking of the higher-end ghostwriters. They're expensive. Higher-end ghostwriters write a book for you, and they do all the work, all the heavy lifting, and they have a name. And that's primarily why you'd hire somebody who will charge you, say, a quarter million dollars for a book. That's the high-end, is because they have a name. Usually, they've uh, been a journalist, or they've got a couple bestsellers, and they've gone into the ghostwriting thing. And they'll write one book a year. Me, uh, what you get with me is I'm a very competent writer and I understand technology and I could write about just about anything. So I'm, I price myself much less than that because I want to catch the, the small to medium sized businessman or middle level management who can afford my prices and it doesn't really shock them, but I'm not low end because, you know, I got to make a living. <laughs> exactly. And, no, I, yeah. I mean, you're giving, you're delivering quality. I mean, you have a craft. For writing, you have a cat and and talk about right. like you know what would be you know like I said when you're writing you're writing for, in somebody else's voice right it's, it's not that you're taking the information now you're writing you know in your voice it's got to be something so what does that take as a ghostwriter it's kind of like an actor you know when they take on a role and they got to become that that character so to speak I, I would say that it, it would, this would be something synonymous to that in a way. You have to be able to get as much information about not only about the message, but to get a feel about that person in order to kind of articulate it in their, you know, in their words, so to speak, but kind of in their, with their energy. Would I? Would that be safe to say that is true? Oh, that's that's very true. The first couple of interviews, I'm, I'm listening very closely to how they talk and what they're saying and some of the notes they've, they send me, usually they send a pile of notes or manuscript or something or, or journal or whatever they've got and try and establish how does this person want his book written? Who is it written to is the first question. Who, who's the audience? So the audience for one of my books is uh, high school students. It's a book on artificial intelligence for high school students. So I can't use big words. Uh, I can't use um, super high concepts, but I can use some some super some uh, complex constructs constructs and thoughts. Whereas another book is aimed at children, and another book is aimed at college age. So the audience is very important. Who's going to buy the book? Is the book going to be written by? Is it a fantasy book? So it's going to be written by people who read Game of Thrones, or is it a science fiction book, or is it a um, is it a business book going to be read by customers of that particular business? So I'm trying to narrow down who will buy who will not buy the book necessarily, but who will be interested in the book. And then we talk about the voice. Is it going to be first person, third person, second person? Is it going to be a combination of the above? Is it going to be different uh, casual, business casual, or even more casual, or going to be more stilted and more formal? And it's all up to the author. And we go through the first chapter or two and go over it several times until we get it right. Like one of the guys I'm working on now, he's a, he's a doctor, and we... We're going through his chapters. It's the first one we've written. And he says, well, I, I don't think like that. And I said, okay, well, what do, you, what do you think like? And he says, blah, 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 blah. And okay, we changed the chapter. And he says, well, you've almost got it, but I want, it, 
I, you know, a little bit more like that. And by the time we're done with the first chapter or two, it clicks and I've got, I understand what he wants. And then the rest of the book proceeds very quickly. So I use the first couple of chapters to narrow down that voice. And yeah, it does take, it is very much like a method actor, really. You kind of have to put yourself in that place. And it becomes even more interesting when you realize that I'm writing anywhere from six to 12 books at the same time. So I'm not just writing one book. I switch between them all day long. I'll, I'll work on one book for an hour and then switch to another and then switch back to the first one and then switch to a third one. And But by the time the week's over, I've worked on all 12 books or 10 books or however many clients I have at the time, plus three or four of my own. So I'm changing voices and styles and stuff all day long. Wow. That, that makes that, it more challenging. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, we have a less than couple minutes to the break, but I want to kind of talk about that. I mean, that is uh, unique then. I mean, here we're talking about uh, that, you know, you're juggling a lot of different things all in the same weeks that you could go back and switch that off. So just in, you know, in summary, you know, in about a minute here. How would you kind of get, you know allow yourself to get focused in when you're in each of those different projects? Well, I just switch back to it and I just switch into it. I, it's not something I really can explain. I mean, how does a method actor take on his his persona? He just does. And I, I just switch back to it and I know what I was doing and I keep some notes in there and just jump right back into it and start writing and continue writing for a while and then take a walk usually and then jump into the next thing. And then take a little walk and jump into the next thing. The walks are important to free the mind. <laughs> and that's, it really is. Writers get writer's block because they sit at their desk all day and watch the, the screen. That's one big reason for writer's block. So you've got, well, you got to get I, up, get out. No, no, I agree. I, I can relate 100%. I know, well, I mean, even though I've written an international best-selling book, I don't consider myself to be a writer. But I always find that exactly when I'm thinking, when I'm at the desk and I'm writing it's like for some reason things just don't come to me. But if I'm, if I just kind of let you know, you know, just go for a walk, or if I take a shower, it seems like when I take a shower, that's when all the things come to me. All these great slogans and these statements, uh-huh. and and uh, you know, I help people, you know, in terms of generating a level of influence, and I get some of my best ideas for them when I'm in the shower. It's just kind of a funny thing. So uh, no, I can relate to you. So, uh, well, this is some great stuff, and we're going to be, listen, everyone, uh, we're going to be coming back with Richard here right after break. We're going here to break. We're going to be expanding a little bit more on the ghostwriting, and if this could be something that can really elevate your business to the next level, perhaps you have a message that you want to get out there, perhaps you want to create a legacy for you, yourself, with leaving behind your your message and your works for others to enjoy. Again, you're listening to Richard Hello, he is a professional ghostwriter and author, and we'll be right back after the break. What is balance? It's being true to your purpose and not being distracted by shiny objects, surrounding yourself with family and loved ones, nurturing your spirituality, maintaining healthy balance of emotional and physical wellness, and being present in the moment. Chris Salem creates awareness about unblocking mindset barriers for sales professionals, business leaders, entrepreneurs, and all types of people to have sustainable success at the next level. The solution evolves out of the problem or challenge. 
The issue is that many people and businesses manage the effect but do not address the root cause. You now have an opportunity to live your life and operate your business in the solution rather than the effect of your challenges. Schedule a time to chat about your goals and the person you desire to be by going to ChristopherSalem.com. We have group consulting calls, one-on-one, and other programs to assist you. It will be the best thing you do for yourself to see how sustainable success is possible for you in your life and business. Join us at the next level. Visit ChristopherSalem.com. What is balance? It's being true to your purpose and not being distracted by shiny objects. Surrounding yourself with family and loved ones. Nurturing your spirituality. Maintaining a healthy balance of emotional and physical wellness. And being present in the moment. Chris Salem creates awareness about eliminating limited beliefs or unblocking mindset barriers for entrepreneurs, sales professionals, business leaders, and professional athletes to have sustainable success at the next level. The solution evolves out of resolving the root cause to the problem. The issue is that many people and businesses manage the problem but do not address the root cause to it. You now have the opportunity to live your life and operate your business in the solution rather than the effect of your challenges. Schedule a time to chat about your goals and the person you desire to be by going to ChristopherSalem.com. We have group consultation calls, one-on-one, and other programs to assist you. It will be the best thing you do for yourself to see how sustainable success is possible for you in your life and business. Join us at the next level. Visit ChristopherSalem.com. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. You are listening to Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. Call into our program today at 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or send an email to Chris at ChristopherSalem.com. Now... Back to Sustainable Success. Well, welcome back. We're here with Richard Lowe. He's a professional ghostwriter and author. And we're talking about the art of ghostwriting and why it's so important if you are an entrepreneur, small business owner, speaker, coach, uh, business leader, all of the above, why ghostwriting, you know, using the services of ghostwriting could really help elevate not only your brand, but your message uh, to connect that with your audience. So, we had talked about a little bit about, you know, why ghostwriting is so important. You know, we talked a little bit about why you need a book. Let's talk a little bit about, Richard, what would be the advantages and disadvantages with ghostwriting? Well, the advantages is a lot of the work is taken from you. The ghostwriter does the writing. He's going to help you come up with ideas. A good ghostwriter will challenge you on a few things. So you might have some ideas and the ghostwriter might say, well, you don't want to do it that way. Um, and I do that all the time when, when, when the audience is, say, young adult, they'll put in some larger words or something that young adults aren't going to understand. I'll say, you don't want to use those words. Or you don't want to say that because it's, it will slander somebody, so we don't do that. Or whatever. So a ghostwriter definitely challenges you. You gain a partner who's helping you and who's, who's engaged in getting your book done. And you've got his knowledge, his or her knowledge, and understanding of how it works. A ghostwriter, by the way, generally writes the book up to a, a good, solid draft. From there, you need an editor, a proofreader, a cover, uh, and then a publisher. And then you need to, if you're going to sell the book, you need to, a, mark, a marketing plan. A lot of the people who I do ghostwriting for, they use the book 
not so much to sell on Amazon, but to use it to promote themselves. So they're not super interested in making sales. Some are, and then they got to hire a promoter. So there's additional steps after writing the book that have to be taken into account. And when you first talk to your ghostwriter, he should be upfront about that. that. Now, the ghostwriter should never be your editor because you don't want to have the same person edit your book. It should never be your proofreader because that just doesn't work. So you want those to be outside resources. Um, as far as disadvantages, well, there's the cost. It's going to cost some money. Um, and there is, there really isn't any other disadvantage that I can think of unless you get a ghostwriter who's not the right fit. You can get a ghostwriter who doesn't work well with you. That's important. It's important. That first interview is very important. In fact, it's far more important than references and samples and things. Samples are important. But the most important thing is do that interview and talk to your ghostwriter and understand who that person is and that they care and that they have a passion for your book and that they're not just doing it to get your money, that they really want to help you get it done. And they should be asking you questions about your book and understanding what the book's about and trying to get a feel for who you are because they have to work with you. Uh, they shouldn't just be, you know how when you're talking to somebody, you can, you can feel that they're hungry. Uh, yep. Watch out for that. If, if they're really hungry, um, a good ghostwriter shouldn't actually negotiate much on the rates because he understands that he's a professional and that's what he charges. He might do a small, small thing to, for certain, you know, small discount, but he shouldn't be saying, "Oh, I'll, I'll, if you do it now, I'll do it for half price." Ooh, guy's desperate. You got, you might have a problem there. Uh, so you you want to make sure that you're paying for good quality and you're paying actually a good price rather than paying the lowest price. That's why I don't yeah. recommend content bills like uh, Contently and um, uh, what is it, Elance and so forth. I mean, they're fine for, for getting some things, but you're, you're going to go for the lowest bid there usually, and the lowest bid often isn't the best bid. Yeah, you're you're paying for what you get for. So you know, sometimes when, like I said, you, you're you when you're lowballing and you're looking for that lower price, and then you're not getting the quality. The the cooperation's not there. It's not meeting timelines. That can end up costing you a lot more in the long run. So and you made an interesting point about the you know the copywriting and the editing and all that type of stuff. And a lot of times, you know, people might assume that. You know, assume, oh, wow, well, you're a ghostwriter. You should be able to edit. You should be able to do that. Again, you know, if you could distinguish why that has to be separated a little bit, you know, I knew you alluded to it, but why would that be so important? Because when a person writes something, he's very familiar with it. And then when he goes back to edit it, his mind will skip over, his or her mind will skip over, they'll miss things. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, because they wrote it. I mean, I've known things that I've proofread five times, and then I go give it to somebody else, and they uncover a whole bunch of proofreading errors. Why? Because I wrote it. <laughs> so yeah. my mind skips over the errors. And you really want to have a third party do the editing who will help basically make the book a little smoother, and then the proofreading will make sure there's no grammar and spelling errors. That's really the order you want it in, too, is you write the manuscript edit it, proofread it, get your covers, and then get it published. Yeah. Now, if yeah, you're going to so go traditional publishing, if you find a traditional publisher, and that's not, there's, there's uh, hybrid publishers, which are the people who you pay to publish for you. They used to call them vanity publishers. And then there are, are 
traditional publishers who pay you, if you go traditional, they will take care of the editing and the proofreading and covers and so on for you. If you self-publish, yep. it's all on you. Yep. Yep. And the thing is, is if, if you do go happen to, you know, get a publisher, you know, it's a harder, harder route to go for, say, the you know, majority of people. But nonetheless, you're, you're going to give up a lot of rights to your book there, right? I would assume that, you know, the publisher is going to own the book and you're going to get certain, you know, proceeds from it. But it's that publisher now owns that content. Would that be safe well, to say? Well, that publisher owns yeah. a license to that content for a certain amount of time and under certain markets. Gotcha. So you might he might have a three-year license to it or something. Um, you still might own the movie rights. You, you want to make sure you own movie rights. You want to make sure you own some tr- maybe foreign rights or something like that. So look at your contract to see what rights you own and, and make sure that, you've got, that you're not giving up too much. Yep, when, that when makes sense. It. And, you know, when, we, when we're looking at ghostwriting, again, there's some people that are, you know, listening or will be listening on demand, and they're probably on the fence saying, God, you know, I have a book in me, but, you know, I'm so busy. But if I were able to sit down and, you know, Talk to somebody like a Richard that I could just get my message out there, but you know I don't have, you know, I might have a certain budget, you know. So when it comes to pricing, you know, what would be kind of like we talked a little bit about the elance and contently and all that. Again, you don't want to always go necessarily the cheap, but what would typically be like you know a range that would be you would consider to be relatively a good range where you're getting a quality ghostwriter. You if you're if you're paying we ghostwriters will charge by the page, by the word or by the hour. It depends on yep. what they're writing. So if I'm writing a blog, I'll charge you by the blog. I'll say, "Oh, you want a thousand word blog that's going to cost you this much money." If I'm writing a book, I'm going to find out how many words you want, say 20,000 words, which is kind of a it's not a huge book, but it's pretty average for a smaller business book, 30,000 words maybe. What I'm going to do is I'm going to charge it by the word. Plus, uh, if there's research involved, I'm going to charge the research by the hour. So you're going to tell me, okay, I want a 30,000-word book. And I'm going to tell you, okay, that's, it's 50 cents a word. So that's 15,000 for the book. And I need you to do some research. So let's say it's 100 hours of research, which is a lot, by the way. It's normally going to be a lot less than that. And then we'll use my hourly rate for that. And, uh, and then that's the price. And then... Usually, what I, well, what I always do is I take a down payment of 25%, and then I spread the rest of it over the life of the project. Yeah. You pay monthly a certain amount to make it easier. And that, that makes it much easier for business people because they can think with paying a uh, you know, down payment of $2,500 to $3,500 or even $4,000, and then a monthly payment of, say, $1,500 or $2,000 or $1,000, depending on how long the project is. And it... That works for a lot of business then because they can budget it in. And, and it's also, of course, keep in mind, it's a business expense. So the government, you get to write it off on your taxes. Assuming you're in the United States, you get to write it off on your taxes as a business expense. So that reduces the price further. And a lot of them put it on credit cards and uh, or they've got – I mean, when you think about it, for a business, fifteen grand is not a lot of money. It shouldn't be. Yep. for a business that's, uh, that's doing well. And it, from, from what I found for most business people, unless they're struggling, it's, it's not a lot of money and they're fine with it. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're getting, if you, somebody comes in and says, okay, I'll do this book, uh, say 30,000 words for 2,500 bucks to finish the question you asked, 
that's way too low. Think of it as this. Is this guy making a living off of this book? Is he making a real wage? So when you think about a freelancer, they get paid, let's say they, let's say they get paid $60 an hour. Well, the government's going to take 30% of that, so they're not getting paid $60 an hour. They're getting paid $40 an hour, give or take. So can they live on that? If you're paying them so little money that they can't live on it, then it's, too, it's not enough. Uh, I would say writing a 30,000-word book, $15,000 is about the right price. At least I found it the right price for businesses. A little bit less maybe, a little bit more maybe, um, unless you want a name attached to it like a, like a bestseller name or a, or a journalist who's famous. Somebody famous is going to help you write it. That, they're going to be a lot more expensive. They're going to be in the $100,000 range, and yeah. I know quite a few of those. But uh, if you come to me, that's right up front. That's pretty much the prices that we're going to talk about. Okay. And and so if somebody's looking to make like an investment here, like, again, we're just going to take the average entrepreneur, you know, uh-huh. you know, somebody, some people might say, well, hey, you know, is my book going to be a New York Times bestseller? Is it going to be, am I going to sell a ton on Amazon? It's not necessarily that the book is going to always make them the money, in itself, but it's what the book can do to open up doors or establish credibility. So how would you address that for somebody that would say, hey, I really want to do this, and, and, but I have, a, I have a bigger, you know, obviously there's a bigger plan, a bigger picture. The book isn't going to be a component of that. But what if somebody doesn't understand that? I mean, do, is that something that a ghostwriter will volunteer and provide information, or would it be something that would have to come up during the conversation. Well, in initial conversation, I always bring that up because yep. there's, there's usually the thought I could sell this on Amazon. And my, my, what I tell them is you're not going to make the money back on your book on Amazon, period. Yeah. I mean, unless you go with a professional, real published, a traditional publisher who has a good marketing plan, you're just not going to make it back. And that's not why you're writing the book. You're writing yep. the book so that you can market yourself. It's a component of your marketing program for you and your business. And it will make money back by giving you speaking engagements, by giving you um, media, by giving you uh, more custom, something to give to your customers. Uh, you know, a, a car dealer could have books sitting there and they give them away to their customers or sell them for a couple bucks. You know, you want to know how, the, how, the, how we work? Here's a book about it. And it makes you the expert. That's what the book is for. So, any sales you make on Amazon is totally secondary. In fact, a lot of my customers wind up donating the money they make on Amazon to charity. They just they don't they don't even care because it's not that much money. They just donate it straight to some charity, and they're they're making they're making what they need to make by getting speaking engagements and by getting all the other things associated with a book. When you think about it, one speaking engagement—if you're the keynote speaker—you're going to probably make what ten thousand, fifteen thousand dollars on a keynote speaking engagement at a yeah. conference. Yep. There's your money back. One speaking engagement. If you can get that. So that's what it's for. Well, that makes sense. I, yeah. And plus, like I said, it, it's what all other things that you're going to do with it. I mean, speaking, it gets you to speaking engagements. It can lead to certain other types of products, services, uh, coaching programs, mentoring that can end up generating exactly. potentially six figures for you. And obviously the book played an important role in, and as, as a foundation and establishing that credibility and trust factor. That's exactly what it's for. Yep. 
Makes sense. It's a component of your marketing program, and it's a, it's a vital component. It really does help a lot if you use it right. Yeah. And no, like it all makes marketing sense. programs, if, it's, if, if you have your, print your business cards and you put them in your drawer, it ain't going to do any good. You've got to use it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would definitely would, would see that. You know, and, and, and in terms of, like, like I said, when you're doing this fact-finding, you're writing for them. I mean, does this include any other types of things that could be in a book? Sometimes they may have... Uh, like exercises maybe as part of their message or whatever the, you know, the content is, there could be visuals and all that type of stuff. Are these things that, that they come to the table with that information or in cases they may, you may charge them if you have to go about gathering that info to, to put it in the book. Well, if they want illustrations, for example, which I actually have two books that they do, there's two ways I can do that. I can do that where I, I subcontract it out. I don't actually like doing that, but I can do that. Or I can just refer them to somebody who will do it for them. Uh, I prefer doing that because then I'm out of the loop and I don't have to charge them extra for my time. I, and it's really not my forte. Um, so yeah. I just say, look, here's, here's, here's three or four illustrators that I know. Uh, get some samples from them. Here's their email addresses and, and have at it. And they do. And usually they find one on their own then and, it's really not that hard to find illustrators or whatever. You just go out there and look. Yeah. I've got one lady who's illustrating her own book. She's an artist. So that's kind of interesting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She, you could do it herself, right? With the, with the artwork and the illustrations. Uh, yep. Definitely. And, and in terms of like when it, when it, when it comes to ghostwriting, um, you know, we have about uh, a little over a minute before the next break you know, typically, what do you find uh, for ghostwriting? You know, what types of books work the best? You know, is there a particular style, format, like a, a soft copy, hard copy, ebook, that type of thing? What do you find usually works best? For what we're talking about as, as credibility, a, a paperback works the best. Yep. The ebook is, you might as well do it because it, it, you can do it for free, uh, yep. except for the time to do it. Uh, the ebook works best, and business casual for most of my clients works really well. And first person works really well because they're the expert. I am telling you this is the best way to write those things. Some some of my clients want third person, and that's fine. That works too. But first person business casual in a paperback format. Paperback format. Okay. Yeah, it makes sense. I know when my book came out three years ago, roughly almost that time, uh, it was uh, a paperback. And then eventually, obviously, I had an e-version, e-book version, and then an audible version. And that's something, I guess, can, uh, you know, it'll, you know, especially the audible, that can be some, something that can evolve again. You know, again, it's it's having the right words, having that person's voice and, and articulate it in a way that people can resonate, embrace it. I think that's so important. And and that's really what you're paying for. You're paying for the ability of the ghostwriter, like you said, to really be able to take your message in your voice and but in a way that can articulate it that somebody can grasp it and embrace it. So I, I say yeah. that's so important. So uh, we're gonna go to break. Again, you're listening to Richard Lowe, professional ghostwriter and author. We're talking about the art of ghostwriting. And we'll be right back after break. we got more to come on, on ghostwriting. So come back here in a few minutes, and we're going to start up again on ghostwriting. What is balance? 
means being true to your purpose and not being distracted by shiny objects. Surrounding yourself with family and loved ones. Nurturing your spirituality. Maintaining a healthy balance of emotional and physical wellness. And being present in the moment. Chris Salem creates awareness about eliminating limited beliefs or unblocking mindset barriers for entrepreneurs, sales professionals, business leaders, and professional athletes to have sustainable success at the next level. The solution evolves out of resolving the root cause to the problem. The issue is that many people and businesses manage the problem but do not address the root cause to it. You now have the opportunity to live your life and operate your business in the solution rather than the effect of your challenges. Schedule a time to chat about your goals and the person you desire to be by going to ChristopherSalem.com. We have group consultation calls, one-on-one, and other programs to assist you. It will be the best thing you do for yourself to see how sustainable success is possible for you in your life and business. Join us at the next level. Visit ChristopherSalem.com. What is balance? It's being true to your purpose and not being distracted by shiny objects, surrounding yourself with family and loved ones, nurturing your spirituality, maintaining a healthy balance of emotional and physical wellness, and being present in the moment. Chris Salem creates awareness about unblocking mindset barriers for sales professionals, business leaders, entrepreneurs, and all types of people to have sustainable success at the next level. The solution evolves out of the problem or challenge. The issue is that many people and businesses manage the effect but do not address the root cause. You now have an opportunity to live your life and operate your business in the solution rather than the effect of your challenges. Schedule a time to chat about your goals and the person you desire to be by going to ChristopherSalem.com. We have group consulting calls, one-on-one, and other programs to assist you. It will be the best thing you do for yourself to see how sustainable success is possible for you in your life and business. Join us at the next level. Visit ChristopherSalem.com. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. You are listening to Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. Call into our program today at 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or send an email to Chris at ChristopherSalem.com. Now, back to Sustainable Success. Well, welcome back again. We're here with uh, Richard Lowe, professional ghostwriter and author. We're discussing the uh, topic of art of ghostwriting and why this is such an important thing for entrepreneurs and uh, small business owners and business leaders, uh, whether if you're using speaking, coaching, mentoring, all of the above in your business, why this is so important. So, um, Richard, you know, one of the things we wanted to probably talk a little bit about that we, we kind of alluded to, but we didn't really get into the, really the meat of it. Let's talk about the process of kind of going about doing a book and putting out a book and everything in between and where ghostwriting really fits in into all of this. Excellent. I'll do that. Okay, so the first thing to do is if you're thinking about writing a book, even if you just have a glimmering, but you, even if you don't have the money right now or you, you're just not sure how you're going to do it, uh, make an appointment with a ghostwriter with me, uh, for example. I'll give you a 30-minute uh, to an hour-long free consultation and we can go over it and get your goals, what you want to achieve. And from there, you'll, you'll understand, yes, this sounds like a great idea or no, it's not something I want to do. So that's the first step. Just, just call or send me an email or whatever is appropriate. Um, actually send me an email and we'll make an appointment. And 
that's the first step. Second step is once you say yes, we go through the contracts and it's a very short contract and most ghostwriters use very short contracts and then we call it a statement of work and then um, pay the first invoice for the down payment and then we get started and that starts with an interview and the interview, first interview is to organize what we're doing. Sometimes it goes into the second interview as well. We keep, I keep them to an hour because I found that anything over an hour tends to just kind of get lost. I, I don't like meetings that go over an hour because let's keep it short. Your time is valuable. And we go over in those first interview or two, the outline, the, the voice, the target audience, all the important things about the global part of your book. What's it, who's it for? Maybe the publishing process, maybe clue you in on some of the other steps involved, have the resources and so on. <clears throat> Once we get past that, we go into the writing of the first chapter phase. And that might involve interviewing you again. You might have some pages you've written. I actually prefer to work off of interviews rather than trying to decipher manuscripts and things, but I can do that too. So you get interviewed, uh, look at your any written notes you have, and we start on the first chapter in the outline that we put together in the first couple of interviews. And I'll write a bit and go back and forth a little bit until we have the right voice and the right everything on that. That might go back and forth several times because... And there may be interviews where we review it several times because those first two chapters are important for establishing what the rest of the book will be. And then we just proceed that way through the whole book. And we've set up, in the contract, we set up a certain amount that's going to be written each month based on how much you can pay each month. And let's say we decide we're going to write one chapter of 3,000 words a month, give or take a little bit. So I'll, I'll target to writing that and then deliver it to you and then you pay the invoice for the next month, and we proceed into that. Uh, all of my contracts have a, if, you don't, if we don't like each other, we can, we can shake hands and we're done. Um, and we, we go both go our separate ways. You get everything that I've written, and uh, you know, there's no refunds. Um, but whatever's been done, you get. It belongs to you. You've paid for it. So there's no question that, that uh, you don't own the materials that you've already paid for because you're paying in advance. Basically, you're paying for each month or each chapter as we do it. So if, but that's never happened to me. Nobody's ever left, and I'm not really worried about it. And I haven't left any client yet. Um, by the way, I just started on my 27th book. Oh wow! Writing, so, yeah. So um, that's kind of the process. And then when we get to the end, we go over the whole thing together. Uh, it might be brief. It might be very fast. It might be very slow. There might be chapters where we've changed our mind. Sometimes that happens where we've written a, I've got one book that's 80,000 words. It's a rather large book. And the client changes mind several times in the book. So we got to go back through it, kind of an editing pass together and clean up some of the loose ends because it changed. It's different now than it was, than it started. And that, that has to be done as well. And any kind of jargon cleaned up and, Oh, and in a very, very, very important thing is making sure sources are cited. You don't want to be challenged for plagiarism. You don't want to be sued for that. So anything that you use, one of my jobs is to help make sure that we stay honest through this thing. So if we reference any other materials in there or if, you, if there's anything that comes from somebody else, we reference them in the citations, the bibliography, assuming it's a nonfiction book. 
that's very, very important. And then we also make sure that there's no slander or other legal issues with the book as we go through it. I do that on, I try and do as much of that as possible on the first pass because it's harder to retrofit. So I want to make sure that the book is, is not only well written, but also legal. Because the last thing you want is to write about somebody and then get sued for it. Now, slander is interesting. If they, if other people can recognize them from your book, even though you've changed the name, it's still slander. So you have to make sure that if you're going to talk bad about somebody else, that you change it enough that they can't be recognized. I don't tend to take on negative books. If books are, if somebody's writing it because they didn't like, she didn't like her husband and she wants to talk bad about him, I send that to another ghostwriter. I don't write negative books. I write, I write books with positive themes, positive uh, messages to people. I, it's just better. I, I don't like writing books that have negative themes and want to slander people and stuff like that. And that's important. Some ghostwriters will not be as cognizant of the legal issues. You, that's one thing you want to make sure, whatever ghostwriter you talk to, and that's another reason for not going to a low-end ghostwriter, is a good ghostwriter should be aware of that and should steer you clear. Now, a ghostwriter is not a lawyer, and I'm not a lawyer, but I know some of the things that will trip you up. So if your book yeah. does include anything that might that you think might trip you up, then you might want to send it to a copyright lawyer. But at least I'll make sure that the stuff that I know about is covered. And the lower end ghostwriters won't do that because they don't. That's, that's why they're lower end. <laughs> yeah, they're just they're they're just trying to get it trying to get it off the off their t- desk. I mean, it's just boom. They they do it, send it out, and they're not really probably looking at right. it all everything around it. Right. The citing of sources is very, very important, and making sure you're not plagiarizing is very important. Uh, it's, it's very, very tempting to grab a few paragraphs from somewhere and just paste it in. And that's fine. You can actually do that if you cite the source and if you don't go hog wild on it. There's fair use in the United States. You can, you can, that's how um, movie reviews and things work. You can use snippets. But you can't just like copy a whole pages in. So... I have to be aware of that as a ghostwriter and as a writer. I have to be aware that you can't plagiarize. Yeah. Yeah. And um, sometimes I guess, process- you know, you know well, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry, sorry your turn. Your no, turn. I was just going to say that sometimes, you know, it's not that we're reinventing, but sometimes we, we might be writing about something that's been written about. It might be in our word, but it, could there be an ever an issue where somebody says, oh, that, that I, you know, that that's from my book or it just that it was stated a certain way. I mean, are there extreme cases that that can happen? Well, you cannot copyright or trademark ideas. You can okay. only copyright words, and you can trademark uh, symbols or, or um, yep. service. So, yep. Trade. Yep. Trade secret trademarks. So there's very specific rules. So you can use ideas from another book. You just can't use the words or derivations of the words. So you can't just change the words around and say it's mine. You have to. You have to write it in your in your own thoughts and your own ideas, but you can use other ideas. That's why there can be 50 books about uh, artificial intelligence. They all might say pretty much the same thing, but they're all saying it from an author's point of view. Yep. And they're all using the author's expertise. It's very different than, than stealing the words from somebody else. Gotcha. And gotcha. Beware, beware of the, the ghostwriter who doesn't know that you can't just change the words around and it's still plagiarism. You have to actually write it in your own self or cite it. 
Well, I, I, I can un- I can relate to it. I had uh, somebody, not in a book, but somebody that had taken my process and actually used it in their marketing uh, verbatim, my process verbatim. Interesting. I mean, literally. And, it, and, it, and, and, and I got a copy of it. They had me on the email list. That's what was so <laughs> ironic. And I was like, are you kidding me? I said... <laughs> Is this a joke? I go. I, I thought maybe they just sent it to me as a joke. Then I realized no, this is this was an autoresponder, and I'm going, oh boy, this is not good. So we got it corrected. They they were the changes were made, you know, because I obviously said I would have to get a lawyer involved if 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 nothing was done, and, and they they claimed that it was a mistake uh, from their marketing person. I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. But uh, but go ahead, you know, anything else you want to expand on that? Please do, because I mean, I think the process is so important for people to understand. Well, yeah, the process is first, to, to, just to summarize, it's first you have to, you have the idea you want to do it, and then you call me up, and we have an interview. And then you yep. make the decision, do you want to do it or not? And, of course, there's also the stuff behind that. How are you going to finance it? Uh, how are you going, how much time do you have? Because you are going to have to put time into it to review it and to, to work with me on the interviews. And then from there, we work together, uh, uh, to a greater or lesser degree, depending on your time, to get the book done. And then we work through it over the, the months long of the project, and then when it's done, we do a final review, fix it up, and then it's ready to send to an editor. It, it's pretty straightforward, actually, but it, it's obviously a lot of work for me. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, I bet, I bet. You know, it, it, there's, you know, there's a lot of different things here. And I, but I yeah. think, you know, I think... From what I'm gathering here, and I want to leave some room here because uh, I want people to know where they can find you again. But you know, communication is, plays an important role here. You know that that you're communicating, they're communicating, and everyone's on the same page. So, makes sense. So, uh, Richard, I want to thank you so much for this information today, and I wanted to leave a little the last two minutes here of of the show. I wanted to let people know where they can find you in the event if they want to reach out to you to gather some more information about ghostwriting, how you how that you can help them. Uh, what would be the best way for them to reach you? Well, they can come to my website, thewritingking.com. So it's thewritingking.com. And there's a contact form there, and they can just send it to me. Or they can send an email to rich, R-I-C-H, at thewritingking.com. So rich at thewritingking.com. I also have a writer's training website called fictionmasterclass.com, where I sell little training courses that I've written on how to write. You can go there and pick one of those up or check them out. And you could always call me at 727-475-1283. Well, that's just, great. And you're, um, you're on, and you're on East Coast time like me in, in Florida, yes. right? Okay. Great. I'm in, I'm in Central Florida. Central Florida. Okay, perfect. So, again, you know, everybody, we highly encourage you to check out Richard. You know, if, if the event, if you got this you got this message, you got this idea, and you want to get it out there. You want to build a legacy. You want to expand a part of your business, raise your level of influence, be looked at as a thought leader. These are some of the great ways to kind of do that and allowing you to focus on what you do best and then taking that and let somebody like Richard do what he does best where everyone wins. And and then ultimately, it's your audience that really benefits with the message and the ability that how you could help them going forward. Again, Richard, we want to thank you uh, for taking the time today out of your busy schedule to join us, sharing your words of wisdom. 
And again, uh, audience, we, we want to thank you each and every week for joining in and those that join in on demand to listen in later. Again, this uh, version of today's show will be available later today on demand at the Voice America Influencers Channel. We will also be uh, posting this on the Sustainable Success Facebook page at Sustainable Success 2017. Again, you're also encouraged to check uh, us out, um, myself, at www.christophersalem.com. Um, in the event, if you are looking for any assistance in terms of breaking through for peak performance mindset, shifting from a fix to a growth mindset, uh, I'd be happy to talk with you and, and see what we can do to get you to the next level. Uh, feel free to, again, it's Christopher Salem. Com. And again, thank you for joining us, and we'll be uh, back next Thursday at 12 o'clock to 1 o'clock East Coast time. Have a great day, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Sustainable Success. Be sure to join Chris Salem and his guests every Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Have an incredible week.